Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Fiction. Science fiction. Horror. Fantasy, crime, LGBT, thriller. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Now entered the house of mystery. With your hosts, Eric David North Martino, John Copenhaver, and Al Warren. This is 
102.3 FM Riverside and 1050 AM Palm Springs. Welcome back into the House of Mystery. I'm Al Warren. Mr. Joe Goldberg is back from smoking his cheese. I've been smoking cheese. So you, have, you have to chop it up fine and make sure you dry it when you roll it up. I, don't know. I was going to say something real nasty when you posted Do it. That. Do it. No, no, I didn't want to. <laughs> what kind of cheese would it be? No. <laughs> <laughs> Let it go. It's, yeah. It's not, yeah. It's not Hawaiian and it's not something like cheese. It's Swiss and Gouda. Gouda. Gouda, stock up for this. Stock up for the uh, summertime because if you melt, if you smoke your cheese during summer, it has a tendency to melt right through the uh, grate. So that's usually a bad, messy, messy. Ben thing. and Gouda, but it's not summer for you already. You know, I've been in the eighties here. I'm in Kanakistan, and it's in the eighties. I'm in the Chicago area right now. Is uh, cold. What's oh. wrong with you? I don't control the weather. The government controls the weather. I keep telling you that. Oh right, right. Like everything yes. else. I'm Have they paid you this week? Government. You know, they're paying me. Well, somebody should. <laughs> Well, they tell me so, then I can give conspiracy theories. Well, now, when we talk on that, it's a good takeoff. So now we've yes. got an all-star wrestling author yeah. here. He's done done all sorts of stuff. And and from what I hear, he's a real hottie. Anyway. <laughs> Frump bump. Yeah, boo. So, Chris Hottie, thank you for being here. Good to be here. Thanks, guys. Hopefully you say that later. Oh, I, He's proud that you got your name right. That's, what he, that's all he is. Yeah. No one gets it right on the first try, so kudos. Well, you know, that's what that's all I do. So how did you um, get into this world? I mean, it says that you were born in San Antonio, Texas, and now you're um, this, this all-star writer. How did that happen? This world or the writing world? I mean, I... I the writing world, writing yeah, world. not I. I know, kind of figured how you got into this world. <laughs> yeah, uh, I didn't. I, 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 I was. Think... Yeah, see, we'll draw that out for you. Yeah, I well, can, actually, I have yeah, some hand puppets here. If you want way. me to give you a, a visual <laughs> demonstration of how? Well, it... See, I would like that, but I don't think the audience would care for that much. Just uh, give them a movie, you know. I mean, but I'm thrilled because you, you know, your credits include Moby Dick, and now that's a favorite. Well, but that was one of the ones how, that never how, got made. Um, so I, I, I mean, professional writing. I, I've always been a writer. I in high school, bad uh, imitation Ernest Hemingway. Uh, in college, bad Charles Bukowski uh, imitation uh, poems. In New York City, I imitated Sam Shepard uh, as a playwright, and then finally, finally decided to stop imitating other better authors than myself and just try and be my own writer. And I started writing uh, screenplays. Um, reading screenplays is really how I learned how to write them. Uh, I was reading screenplays and, and books for a New York-based uh, film producer, Gabe Katzka, The Taking of Pelham 123, the original. Ooh, classic. Yeah, a great movie and a, and a, and a, a great place to learn uh, what a screenplay was supposed to look like and read like. Uh, and and that got me out here where I am today in Los Angeles. And for 35 years, I worked uh, fairly often. Um, I was able to, to, to support myself and a family and all that good stuff, writing all kinds of screenplays for in all kinds of genres, uh, for just about every studio. And then, I guess around 2017 or so, 
the jobs that I was looking at were becoming less and less interesting to me. Uh, the opportunities and the marketplace for the kinds of movies that I wanted to write, my original screenplays, that marketplace was changing. Things, believe me, have only gotten worse uh, in the world of movies and and screenwriting, just go to your local multiplex to figure out how. And so uh, I was having lunch with another screenwriter, and we were uh, pissing and moaning about uh, the state of the business, and he told me that he was writing a novel, and I had never heard of such a thing. It had never occurred to me. Uh, and it sounded like a lot of work because in screenplays, the words don't go from margin to margin. There's a lot fewer of them. But anyway, I thought I would give it a try and, and you know, just start one day on, on an idea I had that I had had for actually a, a screenplay that I never wrote. After the first day, I, I kind of realized that it was all a lot of fun to, to, to do that, uh, to write uh, uh, from margin to margin and do the things that I wasn't allowed to do as a screenwriter. And um, after the first week, I decided this was really something I wanted to do and uh, proceeded to write about 93,000 words that became deep state. Uh, and uh, within, I would say, probably within two months, and I know this story is, is super annoying, uh, that may be super annoying to many, uh, to probably within six weeks of, of finishing that that first draft, uh, I had uh, placed the manuscript with the most excellent editor in uh, in the world, and especially in that genre, um, Emily Bessler at Atria Books. And um, the rest is, is it history? I'm not sure. I, I <laughs> It's something. <laughs> you know, who did you sleep with? Um, not Emily. I can, I can promise you that. Um, you know, I just slept with myself and had had the had dreams <laughs> with his craft. Yeah. You must be slept with his craft. Uh, I know it really does sound like uh, there should be a casting couch somewhere in that saga, but well, there should be two months. My God, it still feels it feels like a miracle. Honestly, it really does to this very day. Well, but where where do you gain the confidence? But to do this, oh, by having my ass thoroughly kicked for thirty-five years and in, in, in show I thought business. he was going to say something else. <laughs> yeah. No, not kissed. <laughs> Never. No, I'm a, I was a screenwriter, didn't I tell you that? I wasn't. A, I wasn't a studio executive. Um, so uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you, uh, you, you know, I think you you absolutely have to have that confidence as any kind of artist, whether you're a musician painter, sculptor, or dancer, whatever, you have to have just a full-blown confidence that you can do it because any number of people are going to stand in your way and tell you you can't do it. And if you don't have that confidence, then you'll quit. I love writing. I've always loved writing, even through all those bad imitations of Hemingway, Bukowski, and Sam Shepard. I enjoyed doing it, creating something. and and. Uh, uh, I still do, still really enjoy it. So that's where I think, you know, I, I love to do it. I love to write. So it's confidence almost sounds like arrogance. It's just something I love to do. Well, the, the obligatory question is when someone's written in so many different types of writing is what's the difference that you found and what skills did you have to change, augment, or slice off to go from writing 
120-page script to 93,000 words or a poem, whatever it might be. How did you change when you were moving along? Well, you know, uh, ignorance is bliss, Joe. Uh, I know all about that. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't really know what the hell I was doing uh, when I sat down that day. I didn't do a lot of, you know, God knows I didn't take a class or a course. I didn't. There are there novel writing books. There certainly are script writing books on how to. But oh, yeah. um, I just kind of, you know, I, I just did what I thought. I, I wrote the kind of book that I thought I would want to read. And I, I, I think the um, screenwriting was just an excellent uh, preparation for writing a book. Uh, because, and I've said this a million times before, but in Hollywood, people hate to read. Anyone who's written a screenplay, anyone who's been involved in the business knows that people in Hollywood do not like to read your work. And uh, that's why my first job, the first job for many people in the business, is as a reader. <laughs> because no one wants to read. So they pay like the, the lo most lowly schmuck to do it. But eventually, people with power, people who can make your movie happen, do and will read your, your script, or whether it's an actor or a director, they are going to read it. And so it has to really be screamingly good. Uh, each word has to be, you know, it's, it's concise. So the words have to have texture. They need to pop off the page. I mean, I've heard all these cliches. Uh, either in terms of like whether, why they didn't like the screenplay or why they did. But the, invariably you will hear that kind of critique of whether or not uh, the reader in Hollywood, is, uh, the, the power broker, the person that counts, is really pulled into the, to the, the story and the characters and the dialogue. And so I think all of that just has distilled uh, um, my prose if you will, into something that I think, that I hope, that I strive to make grabby and have texture and and pull the reader into the story and make the words pop off that page because I can't tell you how many times I go into a bookstore and I, I pick up a book that I've heard about and I turn to whatever random page and the words just lie there and I don't, I put the book back. I want, I want the page, if you're going to turn to any page of my book, for it to to um, convince you to crack your wallet open and pay that twenty five or nineteen ninety or <laughs> or if it's on the remainder the seven ninety nine uh, to purchase that book. There's lots of stuff that uh, did I leave anything behind in terms of skills? I really don't think so. What what it really became and why I'm so you know wildly happy about this. Uh, latest incarnation of my writing life is um, that I was able to amplify on all those uh, skills and bring so much more to the finished product than what I was allowed to do as a screenwriter. So there's just lots of things that, you know, that I do in a book that I could not do in a screenplay, and I'm, I'm really enjoying that process. You know, writing this kind of subject, you know, this deep state and things like that, um, what what draws you to that? And with such an, an intense last, I don't know, five or six years with politics and, and society, do you kind of have to dance around what really goes on in the world, or do do you, how do you how do you balance that? Well, that's uh, 
That is a challenge um, because there is so much fodder in in the real world for us thriller authors, I think. Um, but it's all a bit loaded, isn't it? It's difficult. My third book, Storm Rising, uh, uh, the, the book that's coming out is, is the fourth book that's out uh, on May 23rd, 2023, is The Devil You Know. The third book came out a year ago, and that was Storm Rising. And that book, I started that book in the kind of the early stages of 2020 pandemic America. And there was lots of crazy stuff going on uh, that we all probably would rather forget about. Uh, but the political scene was quite nuts, quite insane. And, um, you know, that Storm Rising, that book truly reflects the craziness of the time that, that I wrote it. I think I began research looking around for an idea and research, researching that idea before, like in the late, late 2019, before the pandemic. And what seemed, I, I had seen one article, one very small article, short article in one of the uh, uh, military magazines or periodicals, and it was about white supremacy in the in the services. I thought, well, that's pretty juicy. I mean, that's interesting. Um, you know, the military has all the big guns. They're they're trained. It's one thing to be, you know, Joe Bubba in a in the driving a pickup truck. Uh, but it's another thing to have a guy who's trained how, how to, you know, how to fire an Abrams tank, you know. So I was drawn to that idea because it just seemed dark and sexy and full of potential drama and interesting. And my beat has been less about international threat and more about, you know, threats from within. You know, the call is coming from inside the house. That's interesting to me because I just don't think a lot of other the, uh, authors in the genre are doing that. And that's kind of what Deep State was about. You know, so I just decided to follow that theme for my books, for the Haley Chill books. Um, and so white supremacy in the military seemed to, to, you know, certainly fit that bill in a big way. But at the time when I first thought about it and was researching it and proposed it to my editor, it was still just such a minor little footnote story out there. As I, as I, when I committed to the book in 2020 and got deeper and deeper into it, that idea of white supremacy in America and white supremacy in the military and all those themes, boy, they came out of the woodwork. And suddenly they were appearing on the front pages of the New York Times, the Washington Post, they were on the news. And, and uh, not so much specifically about the military, though those stories were there. Um, and certainly there were uh, active duty service members on it at January 6th. Um, but the, the thing just kind of blew up from underneath my feet, what I thought was this sort of like a kind of a, a, a fairly arcane and interesting dark idea became way more topical than I ever imagined it would. I think people didn't want to hear about it, honestly. So I think, you know, in answer to your question, I think you have to be really careful about how topical this stuff is that we put in our books because there's a overload already of information, current, affair, current, current affairs and hot takes in our social media feeds, in the newspapers, on TV, everywhere you go, TikTok even. So with this fourth book, 
the devil you know, out May 23rd, 2023, <laughs> I decided <laughs> that I was not going to be topical. I was not going to touch on any hot button issues that would potentially, I think it's not that, it's not a matter of like not wanting to piss off readers. I just don't think, you know, I want people to pick up the book and read about the book and, and say, hey, that's something I want to do to to occupy my time and be entertaining. And so I very much decided with this fourth book, the one coming out, that um, it would be pure thriller. I think it, it's, you know, judging by early reads and uh, from both friends and, and super fans who have already gotten a copy of the book and from, you know, just uh, absolute perfect strangers on, on Goodreads, everyone seems to, this book seems to be popping in a way that it's just different. Uh, it, it's not getting a better reception. <laughs> That's a very, very long-winded answer to your question about, I, I think you have to be very careful about it. I think you, you need to, I've always avoided politics in terms of party politics. There are two words you'll never find, uh, or probably there are four words you'll never find in any of my books, Republican, Democrat, and leftist and right, or right wing or left wing, whatever. I have always avoided that. All that notwithstanding, I think even more so, it probably behooves a writer, at least this writer, to um, steer clear of stuff that's just already too much in the the nonfiction world. Well, you sort of hit a main topic here that I was asking you a question about, but do you feel like you're on the front edge of the move away from the international thriller to the domestic thriller? I mean, who, I mean, who else is who, who you got? I mean, Jack Carr is domestic thriller. So, I mean, he's got international elements to it. Yeah. But, I mean, you're domestic, you have domestic issues. I mean, the, 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 in your write-up, Supreme Court justice is the second, third, and fourth word of your new book. Supreme Court's yeah. in the headlines, okay? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, darn it, it's happened to me again. You're part uh, of the conspiracy, but... <laughs> aren't you? The government's paying you, isn't it? Uh, I wish. Um, <laughs> it's the billionaires. <laughs> I mean, we just have to open our eyes, don't we? I mean, it seems like there's enough controversy and drama in, in in these within these borders to go around. I, I feel like the international thrillers just feel like they've really been done to death. I mean, it's very, very hard to do, you know, an Islamic terrorist now. I... I uh, it just feels, you know, knock wood, honestly. I mean, I feel, I, I don't want to jinx it, but it feels like that that's of the past uh, somewhat. Now, of course, by the time this thing airs, something terrible could happen. But I'm just more familiar, you know, with the States. I haven't, I haven't traveled. Um, I mean, I've been to Europe, certainly. But uh, I seem to know this place a lot better. And... I'm unlike a lot of the authors in the genre. I am not, you know, the, it seems to break down into two camps: those who, you know, those who have lived the life, and those who who haven't lived the life. You know, I was never a U.S. marshal or a Navy SEAL or Apache helicopter pilot. You know, I've always wanted to be a writer. You know, I just kind of follow where my imagination takes me, and and that's that's my most. That's my skill set, you know, is my imagination and ability to create worlds and characters and write dialogue and 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 provide an entertaining story. Really, I, I with these books, 
commercial fiction, I just don't think you're you're trying to make a. I I don't. I'm not trying to make a big ideological point or 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 have a political agenda. No subtext. No no kind of thing that you want people to take away. Only that I really am like. In, I mean, what I in the whole creation of Haley Chill is the idea that. Of, uh, and she has been misconstrued, I think, in some ways by some folks. But, you know, in what I wanted to, in creating her character, I, I, she is, you know, in my mind, she is, and I hate the use of this word. I don't even want to use it. I'm not going to use the word. Um, synonym, synonym, hit that synonym. <laughs> no, it's just over. It's so, it's, it's really, I think, incorrectly used. But okay, I'm going to say the word. It's the P word. It's she's a patriot. You know, I'm I'm incredibly proud, and consider myself just crazily fortunate to be an American. Um, this is the the best country in the world, and it's worth fighting for to keep it keep it you know between the white lines. And so I'm when I'm writing my books. It's when we're veering outside, heading towards away from those, uh, beyond those white lines. And so what I see her is as an agent of, not change, she's not an agent of change, she's a, a, she's a corrective uh, to help fix the problems that we, you know, any country, but our country in particular, because it's the one I'm writing about, uh, invariably will make uh, because of, you know, all the, you know, human traits that cause, you know, things to go haywire. You put, you put a person in, uh, give them a, a certain amount of power, whether, whether they're a, a toll collector or the President of the United States, and, you know, they, they just might screw up and, and try and abuse that power that they have over the poor motorist or citizen of the country. So you're, you're basically Haley yourself. No, no, no I'm not. Come on. <laughs> Come I'm on. Not, I'm not nearly uh He wears the gown. <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah, you, you dress up in the character so well, that you can only privacy my home my own home do we have uh do I have a, a Haley dress up night. But um uh I do have my Haley chilled uh, action figures all stacked up around my house, which ha- haven't been manufactured yet, but I'm waiting for that call from Hasbro any day. Yeah, no, I'm I'm not Haley chilled. Well do you get the question about uh you're writing a female character. I know. I know it's a lousy question, but you know sometimes people go, "Hey, who are you to write a female lead thriller character? You're not a female lead thriller character." You, you know, amazingly enough, I, Joe, I don't get that as much as I thought I would, uh, especially in this day and age. Not again. I'm I'm like knocking wood everywhere I can, right? As I say this, but uh, I I probably could count on easily on on one hand the number of times that. I've read a review or heard a quite any kind of comment uh, like that, saying like, uh, I, "I think that would truly be the death of art if if a creator of of anything." But usually, this falls into the world of you know book writing and and uh, filmmaking and directing and acting um, and character creation of character. I guess is is the common denominator. But um, no. Uh, I, I don't. Uh, should I? No. Should I, get, well, that, I think it's a, it's a factor uh, in writing. Let's give him a, let's give out your address. I'm not gonna, you do it. I'm, I'll be impressed. Cause, cause to get through that is a factor of good writing. I, in the last, uh, I would say, last 10 years or so of my 
screenwriting career, which, you know, I'm still a card-carrying member of the WGA, and and but pretty much would only at this point adapt my own work and not um, uh, put myself through the horrors of uh, uh, developing someone else's story or, or idea for Hollywood. Um, but in the last 10 years or so, you know, I, I guess I, I can't remember the project. I think it was a, a project I wrote for Jessica Alba uh, that never got made. Um, and it was based uh, on a graphic novel called Beautiful Killer. And and I, it was a good script. It never got made. The good ones never did. Um, but that got me started on this track of writing female, generally speaking, action vehicles. And so I, I did a few of them. And I was successful with them and developed that voice and and altered it, that, that voice for various projects and stories and characters. But, you know, it was, and what motivated it was is that, you know, often, and, and same with the book, same with Deep State, there was just not that much representation of female characters. And, again, you know, it's not, I, I, maybe I'd like, maybe I ought to, like, suggest that it's some kind of um, big agenda or I'm making a big point or I should wear an armband or I put a flag outside my house, but... Honestly, you, you know, my my business uh, sense told me was to go where the other people ain't in terms of, you know, who needs to compete with everybody else writing their male action whatever uh, protagonists um, when it seems like, you know, there's 50, 51% of the population is not male and you know, so purely mercenary kind of business-like decision to 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 create to create a uh, to fill a, a vacuum in a possible vacuum in the marketplace. I think probably the series suffers perhaps uh, because uh, some people, some readers, fans of the of the genre will just not accept the idea of a female protagonist in that genre, but. That's the that's an easy you know in that case that's an easy decision for me to make I'll, I'll still do it just because I feel like it's it is right you know and and uh, you know I'm I'm I'd like to think that you know readers of my books are people with imagination and intelligence and curiosity to to see things that they haven't seen before. Uh, you know, in terms of these these um, stories we write. Plus, what would you do with all the Haley outfits you have around the house? He's yeah, still on yeah, it. yeah, yeah, and the wigs. Don't forget about the wigs and the, my 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 blue uh, contact contact lenses that I put in to change the I, my brown eyes to blue. <laughs> it's a song. <laughs> yeah, and I, you should write a song. Yeah, what? she's a boxer. Why is she a boxer? Chris. She is a boxer, you, you know, in, in sort of her origin story, you know, she comes from a rough place. One of the inspirations for her character was Jennifer Lawrence's character in, uh, I can't remember her character name, in Winter's Bone. You know, she comes from a tough world and uh, has to fend for herself. And and in creating her childhood uh, I imagined her defending herself and her younger siblings with her fists. And um, that, you know, that begat um, an idea of her 
you know, transitioning from the sandlot to uh, the boxing ring just seemed like a natural uh, way to go and a way for her to differentiate herself in the military because she does enlist in the military in order to escape uh, a background that really was offering her a choice between a teenage pregnancy and drug addiction. And so she does go to the military, and that's where we find her at the beginning of Deep State, and uh, she's about to, to climb into the boxing ring uh, against a, a much bigger and more skilled opponent. You know, just a way to, to um, telegraph her toughness. Uh, she doesn't really use that. She does actually use it in, uh, she does use those boxing skills in Storm Rising. I was going to say she doesn't use them in any of the books, but she uses it in a fairly critical way uh, in Storm Rising. But um, yeah, it, it's weird, you know, a few uh, of those anonymous reviews and Goodreads or, or Amazon have, have used the word superwoman to describe her. And which, you know, probably of anything, any reviews that I've ever read of my stuff, that that was the one that cut because I intentionally did not want her to come off as, um, you know, some kind of impervious, uh, uh, unbreakable, uh, no-weakness superwoman. I, I thought, you know, in sort of preparing that backstory for her, of her upbringing and enlisting as a in the army and a, a female boxer who at least at first blush does not come equipped with kind of the you know the support of a you, you know the CIA or the military or all any of that stuff or uh you know she's you know in deep state she's really comes off as sort of a fish out of water intern in the white house i mean the furthest thing from a, a superwoman i don't think she even in that in that introductory scene in Deep State where she is in the boxing ring, she wins that bout by just using her head. It's you know she isn't she is overmatched physically and skill wise, but she uses her head and she uh, recalls a, a a a famous fight and and how uh, uh, a pro boxer uh, won his bout and uses the same strategy to defeat the, her opponent. So, uh, again, another long-winded answer to your, your simple question, but none of these questions are ever that simple, I guess. Uh, why a boxer? Uh, because it seemed cool. <laughs> well, it gave you depth of character. It's everything you explained. Yeah, yeah. He's probably in his room with boxing outfit and a dress. Come on. He watches Rocky. That's the... I had, uh, yeah, wearing boxing gloves. I... You know, I did a few movies uh, about mixed martial arts, and it probably has a lot to do with it, too, though the protagonist in those movies was, uh, was a male. Um, I had an idea. They, did, they made three of them, I think. I wrote all three, and then um, they wanted to make a fourth, uh, uh, never back down. And by this point, they were straight to DVD, and I had just sold Deep State and was busily preparing to write the second book, Savage Road, and I didn't, um, I took myself out of the running to write that fourth uh, Never Back Down MMA movie, but I gave it to a, a female uh, screenwriter friend of mine with the idea that it should be about uh, 
an all all female version of uh, Never Back Down. A little sidebar there about about the. Uh, it all fits together. It's like a puzzle. A puzzle of Chris's life. Hey, can I ask a question on kind of the current events then? Because you've talked about so many different types of writing, and the writer strike is on now for those who are who are listening, and you're part of the union. But I want to go to the level of what do you think of chat and it's it's chat GPT and the like artificial intelligence and its potential pressures on the creative writing industry because that's like the third top uh, issue regarding the strike money pretty much money and AI yeah I think it's a very big issue and I, I and I what the Writers Guild is trying to say is like essentially you can't use chat or anything like it to write scripts. And more importantly, you can't use chat or AI to create a story or a script and then hire a real person, screenwriter, guild member, to rewrite that script. Because in that way, you, you completely cut the, the human writer out from any kind of, everything is based on who originated the, the material. Uh, in in Hollywood, that's the only way that you get any kind of credit, and the only way that you can make any money at all. Then you would really turn writers into players that day rate. You know, like we'll pay you whatever twenty five dollars an hour to rewrite this AI created piece of crap uh, screenplay. So that will be a big issue in, in the Writers Guild strike, and they're not going to dis the. That, the writer, I told you what the guild stance was. The the, the, uh, the studio's response just prior to us going out on strike was, we'll, we'll have an annual meeting about it and we'll discuss the issue. An annual meeting. In other words, you know, just a, a big, a big uh, fu as they. Say. Yeah, we'll form a committee. We'll form a committee and study it. Yeah. So I think it's it's vital, Joe. I mean, speaking more broadly, look, it would be easy. Uh, for a company to have AI create books like ours, super easy. And I think if if they sold them successfully, then they would do that, and they wouldn't buy our books from us, the publishers, I mean. I mean, it's a business. So I think you just have to, you know, people, creators have to, content creators, which is a horrible phrase anyway, but... Creators need to be smart and proactive. Another horrible word. Uh, I'm just tossing them out right and left. Uh, I'm, I'm actually our conversation is being AI generated right now. So, so um, look, I don't want. I personally, I, I'm going to explore how to protect my work from being used as data for AI. I don't want my my work that I created being taken for free. And folded into some giant, you know, database that uh, uh, that a company controls and turns around and uses that data to create new content. No thanks. Don't use my stuff. Um, that's just one way to 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 I think uh, take a stand about it. In terms of using it as a tool or as a research tool, I think it could be very valuable, and I think authors should probably embrace it as as a way to do research quickly and and perhaps you know and there's some fine lines here but to generate ideas but in terms of creating prose that you like pass off as your as your own i think that's a big no no so it's 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 obviously complex and nuanced and um 
something that is kind of the the earth is shifting underneath our feet every day about this and and I don't think the landscape will look like it does today in 12 months time. I think this stuff is really happening fast. I tell my class, my uh, mass comm classes that if you want to be a writer and you have a beating heart, this is going to this is going to impact you. Oh yeah. If you're on this planet and you have a beating heart and want to get into it. Yeah. For the rest of your life, this is going to be an issue. You have yeah, to I don't. Yeah, so you better get on the train and yeah, figure, figure it out. It really, I, I think it's something more more important than than I, I can't think of maybe the the creation of the internet. You know, I think it's going to be that uh, impactful, and you can't pretend that it's not happening, and I'm not going to go near it or or whatever. But I think you know, like I said, I want to explore how I can protect my own content that's not you know won't be used uh against my wishes and and um i think everyone who's ever created any kind of uh again that word content but uh i can't think of a better one right now um needs to you know kind of protect themselves i mean you can feed all the chris howdy books into the computer it can read it it'll say hey write me hey uh haley chill book number this and it'll do it it'll do it and it, it, right now, it would probably be a piece of crap. But, I mean, we're at early stages. What, what will it look like in a year? In a year, it might I, – I like to think that I come, I'm such a weirdo that I come up with – I mean, maybe AI can uh, imitate my weirdnesses. But You'll crash – you're going to crash AI if you're weirdness. You know, writing. I don't know. I, I mean, I did try to do things that will surprise a reader, you know, big and small – you know, big eye, big twists, and also just in word choices and stuff. But I guess that's the whole idea of AI. It, it, it can mimic voice. So I think it's so early stages. It's already so, uh, I mean, it is amazing what, what the, this thing can, these things can do. Large language models, LLM, is that it? Large language, yeah, LLMs. Um, that um, we're, you know, relatively speaking, we're geezers. Uh, but... Yeah. Well, Joe is, yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. I think actually he and I are about the same age, so watch out. <laughs> if, you're, if you're teaching, I, I love teaching. I'd love to get, I, I want to find some young people to to um, vibe off their energy. Uh, but, um, yes. Well, let me tell you a story then. A year ago, in one of my classes, one of my students brought up this technology called ChatGBT. It's going to write, I teach you misinformation. And he showed how it wrote this misinformation article in class. I'm like, wow, I've never heard of this. That was almost exactly one year ago. Really? And here we are a year later, and it is everything. Yeah. No one had heard of it. I hadn't heard of it until last fall. I mean, and then when I did, I was just blown away. I just felt like, Lord, we're living the future. I mean, I just didn't think... AI was a thing. I thought we would have to deal with the stupid metaverse in, in our immediate future. And, uh, you know, what a total bust that turned out to be. And then, you know, uh, they just kind of switched hats and put this one on. And, like, this one really seems impactful. And, and you know, I think it is going to be hugely important outside of, you know, the entertainment and and book world and film world and stuff, just in terms of how, you know, everything. It's going to affect everything. It's really remarkable. But how do you stop it? Oh, you don't stop oh, it. There's yes. no stopping it. That's like saying, you know, how do you stop the plow or, or, 
or, well, vaccines. I was going to say vaccines, but maybe people are trying to stop vaccines. Uh, <laughs> How do you stop those cars? We ride horses. We, we, uh, we don't need those cars. I, well, I, I know, but, I, you know, I think how do you stop it from them using your stuff? Like you say, protect your stuff and all oh, that. Oh, I'm sure there's legal language. I mean, th these things are going to become court cases for sure. I mean, look at the Drake stuff with music. I mean, um, how does he feel about that? Whereas you have other artists like Grimes, uh, a wonderful Canadian, I believe. Grimes is Canadian, yeah? Uh, you know, Grimes is... Grimes is... I'm still, I'm still trying to figure out wonderful Canadian. Well, <laughs> Grimes, Grimes, uh, pop singer, uh, uh, kind of alt-pop, uh, married to Elon Musk, or were they married? Has a couple kids with him, at least. But anyway, you know, she had a completely different attitude about AI that, you know, Drake, you, you know about how the AI created Drake's song, Drake in the Weekend, and, and yeah. they got all pissy about it. Um, Rhyme says, take my, take my voice, whatever you want, put it through your, you know, all my fans out there, put it through your AI, you know, bots, and create a song, and as long as you pay me half of the royalties, I'm good to go. So, that would be like me saying, take my books, put them through your AI, your favorite AI generator, and and put them up on, you know, self-publish on Amazon, and as long as you pay me, you know, half of the royalties that you make off those books, those Haley Chill books that you create with AI, uh, I'm good to go. I mean, that's not how I feel. <laughs> that's not what I'm saying, but some artists might say that. You know, I mean, I don't know. Uh, ask ask another author how they would feel about that. But it's one way to kind of get your brand out there and your and make money. I just have a different feeling about it. Philosophy. Well, there you go. See now, Joe, you have a new way of doing it. I, I have used chat to for the exactly for the ideas and the research he's talked about. Yeah. In fact, and, and how can you not now? I actually wrote in to see how it would do if I typed in some of my keywords and said, hey, write me this, this character, and it, and it isn't very good. But it's going to get better, as you say. We're at the very pointy end of this. If you're a writer who wants to get, who's listening and says, I want to get into this business, this is the thing you got to you got to be knowledgeable about. I haven't used it yet. I, I, I have not used any AI yet. I haven't touched it. I've just been so focused on the next project that I just, you know, it's like it's it's so... It's such a thing. I didn't want it to be. It'd be like I don't know, like uh, uh, bringing a 800-pound gorilla into my writing office and saying, "Stand over there in that corner while I finish this." I, I have to kind of like clear my head, clear the space, not be working on anything at all, and then kind of really take a, a look at it. But with the last the latest book I've written, I think in terms of research, it could have been phenomenal. So. Uh, I'm I'm anxious to kind of roll up my sleeves and and kind of see what's uh, what it's all about. But you know, it's all happening so fast. It's not like oh, I need to master this now so I can use it because the darn thing is changing so fast. And who knows what the you know legal ramifications are. So are you um, available on social media? Um, where do people find Chris? Well, it depends. If I'm wearing my Haley Chill outfit, you're on an app. Yeah, which app? Do you that's a different app that the, you know, I, I don't There's know. Lots of Reddits for that. Hit Reddit. <laughs> yeah, check Reddit. Check Reddit for my uh, Haley Chill impersonation uh, videos. Um, I am on 
the usual suspects, except I didn't do the TikTok because I, I do believe the the uh, you know the potential for uh, harm is there. I don't think they're surveilling us, but uh, uh, quite like uh, the the. Um, the harm of someone seeing you dance? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> I'm on Facebook, Twitter, and Insta, uh, you know, Chris Hoddy. Oh, you know, it's it's all, it's pretty, very findable. And um, I enjoy Twitter. I'm, I'm, I'm less inclined to be on Insta and Facebook, but it's, it's there. I have a website. It's chrishoddy.com, weirdly enough. Um, you can watch him ski on his website. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't put that on the website yet. That was on uh, all the on Twitter. Yeah, that was yeah. that was inspired by my good buddy Connor Sullivan, who did that bit. And I and uh, yeah, I, I, uh, Alan, you had Connor on, right? You had Connor Sullivan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. big Butch Montana guy. Yeah, and you so you know that he's a former like I don't know how far along he got in uh, uh, skiing, but he was extremely good. And so he, I thought it was a really good book promo where he, from the top of whatever his local mountain is, but it looked high, he's skiing uh, without poles, holding the book in one hand and one of those invisible selfie sticks in the other. And it, he's going really fast, man, in that, in that video. I, I thought it was pretty dynamic. And um, and so I, uh, my idea, I was going to make a joke of it. I'm always trying to kind of make a bit of a laugh promo-wise, um, not be boring. So... My idea was originally I was up at Mammoth Mountain, the local mountain here, and and I was going to go down the the bunny slope and do do the Connor thing, except on the bunny slope. And then I realized, well, about like three people are going to get that joke, <laughs> so they won't know. Like, why is this idiot on the bunny slope acting all excited about, you know, being on the bunny slope? So I went down a green run, like. It was fairly steep, but it was it was icy out, and it was really hard. Um, so thanks, Joe, for bringing that up. It was a, my moment of uh, of uh, complete humiliation that I did. Uh, Olympic glory, <laughs> Olympic glory. I didn't look half as good as Connor, but uh, I didn't make a joke about it either. You know, we'll have your website and everything up so people can find it in your new book um, out May twenty third, twenty twenty three. Yeah, yeah, twenty twenty three. 2023. Um, so, yeah, thank you very much for being on the show. And we appreciate you and, and all the work you do. Uh, the book, of course, is called The Devil You Know. And, uh, of course, the authors are guests, Chris Hoddy. Thank you for being here. Hey, thanks, guys. I really, really had a good time being chatting with you guys. You've been listening to the House of Mystery radio show. To find out more about our guests, hosts, all shows, go to www.houseofmystery.com. Show's over for now. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Yeah. Good night. This is the production of Something Weird Media. I'll be back. You've been listening to the House of Mystery radio show. To find out more about our guests, hosts, or shows, go to www.houseofmystery.com. Show's over for now. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Yeah. Good night. This has been a production of Something Weird Media.
I'll be back.